to the SaaS Revolution show, bringing you front row seats to the SaaS Revolution, courtesy of Sascribe Media. I'm your host, uh, Alex Zuma, and uh, really excited to, to be joined today by a guest who is on a mission to eliminate sucky software and crap marketing, uh, so I hear. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of mediocrity in this world. And after uh, 20 years in technology and having built four companies, uh, he's learned a lot about building great products that solve a real need in the marketplace. He has bootstrapped uh, a company called AxoSoft and built it into a multi-million dollar business. And most recently, he launched and raised money for PureChat. Uh, his philosophy is that if you don't start a project with a hell yeah, uh, then just don't do it at all. Uh, welcome to the show, Hamid Shajai, uh, CEO of PureChat. Welcome, Hamid. Thank you, Alex. Glad, did, glad to be here. No, no worries. Uh, did I get the hell yeah pronunciation right? Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. Hell yeah. <laughs> hell yeah. Okay, excellent. Um, so, uh, Hamid, uh, Pure Chat. So this is your, um, your, your, your current SaaS uh, startup. Can you tell us a little bit about what it is, what stage you're at? Sure. Pure Chat fundamentally helps uh, businesses close more deals, uh, get more sales. And the way it does that is by... Uh, enabling uh, companies to be able to communicate with their website visitors uh, through live chat, instant messaging, essentially, so that uh, the visitors can have um, uh, immediate answers to their questions. And uh, once they have immediate answers to their questions, they're more likely to buy and have a, a great experience. So uh, that's what PureChat fundamentally does. And um, uh, the company stage is, uh, uh, you know, the product is about three years old. We have uh, uh, now 3,000 paying customers, hundred over 200,000 uh, accounts that have been created on PureChat. Uh, so it's it's been an extremely popular and very fast-growing uh, product for us. Okay, okay. And uh, and I, I believe, let's say, this is your your fourth, uh, fourth startup or fourth company? Yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, I've I've done I've been uh, quite active in the sort software world. Uh, most of uh, my uh, uh, my time had been uh, on building Axosoft, uh, which is a, a, a software development tools uh, uh, player, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and still going very strong. And I am still owner of that as well. But uh, uh, but my sort of day to day focus is on pure chat. Excellent. Okay, so uh, you, you know, I thought for the the, the kind of theme for, for today's show, as I understood, um, you know, I was told that uh, you know you're on this mission to you know help uh, eliminate sucky software and crap marketing. That that we we could you know talk about um, your sort of views on how you know I guess kind of we or the, the output of this podcast could help uh, SaaS entrepreneurs suck less, if they are sucking, uh, you know, that, that is. Um, and, <laughs> that sounds you, good. You know, and, and then kind of help them, you, you know, in 2016 really, you know, kick some ass. Uh, so um, are you, you happy to go with that? Yeah, absolutely. I'm, uh, I'm happy to sort of share advice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, that's a better way of putting it, right? <laughs> um, okay, excellent. So, okay, like, you know, f- first question, we go straight into it. And now this is something that um, I-, I guess I-, I read from you uh, recently, but, uh, you know, perhaps for, for those that, uh, you know, haven't read this uh, particular post, you know, about should uh, SaaS entrepreneurs focus on creating workhorses, uh, you know, and not unicorns and, uh, and why? Yeah, so that's a great question. So basically, um, I wrote an article about how uh, Arizona's tech community ends up sort of uh, creating these workhorse companies, software companies, as opposed to unicorns. Um, And uh, part of the reason is because of necessity. Like in Arizona, there's very limited venture capital. 
Um, and most of the companies that do get venture capital end up getting it from out of state. So it's not easy for them to do it. They have to sort of travel. The investors have to travel to have board meetings and so on. So as a result, we have these sort of solid companies that uh, focus on revenues and profitability from very early stages. Uh, and as a result, you know, we have workhorses in Arizona. That's sort of like the uh, the angle of the article. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, in general, I think uh, that's not a bad way to go for entrepreneurs of software companies is to sort of uh, create something that is very uh, lean, efficient, uh, sort of focused on self-sustaining uh, companies as opposed to trying to build the next multi-billion dollar uh, uh, software company. Okay. Which, which requires a lot of capital and access to a lot of uh, sort of VC funding. Okay, excellent. And, and I, I, I take it then in your, your pitch deck because um, Pure Chat received uh, VC funding, if, if, if that's correct, that you, you didn't um, sell the dream about becoming a unicorn. Uh, well, with, with PureChat, what I did uh, uh, do is uh, th- we did uh, raise one and a half million dollars in angel mm-hmm. uh, money, okay. uh, and um, we did. We did, uh, you know, to some degree, we did sell the dream, uh, not, not necessarily of becoming a billion dollar uh, uh, company mm-hmm. uh, as sort of these unicorns are defined. But um, what we, what, what I was pitching essentially, is a product that had tremendous traction before I went out to uh, to raise money. Uh, and uh, I thought that we could uh, uh, build and accelerate its growth uh, by uh, pumping a little bit of cash into it mm-hmm. and sort of uh, accelerating our execution plans. And um, and the sort of investor investment community, the angel uh, investors that I pitched it to in Arizona, they they loved it, and uh, many of them wrote checks and uh, and were sort of off to the races. But um, but you know, like it's still on a day-to-day basis. What we're trying to do is build a, a company that's uh, sustainable and long-lasting, and not relying on us raising another five million dollars within the next eight months. Right? Like we, if we do that, great. Uh, but we're we're not sort of counting on being able to do that. No, and that's no. sort of the difference in mentality. Yeah, excellent. And I, and I think, you, you know, from a, uh, a lot of what I've read lately, it seems that, you know, uh, profitable SaaS companies um, perhaps might be, uh, you know, more uh, a la mode uh, to the next year um, as, uh, well, you know, what's happened with, yeah, I guess, kind of, you know, the, the state of the unicorns, uh, you know, this year and, uh, um, you, you know, the, it's kind of polarizing uh, opinion rights as to, you know all this money that's been pumped into these companies, and perhaps they're not they're not going to be sustainable uh, at all for like every, um, you know, every dollar that's invested, they're they're making twenty cents, you know, back, something like right. that. But, uh, right. Right. Um, uh, moving on from that, um, uh, and I see I've seen so so that was one of the posts that I, I, I read from you uh, so recently on your, your your company blog, and then I also, um, you know, I saw a video. I think that you posted it on the the Slack channel that. Um, you know, it happened to, to be on, I think you gave a talk, um, you, you know, uh, I don't know whether it was to students or um, uh, who, in fact, the audience uh, was, but, um, you know, it's around sort of, you know, creating, you know, great software. Um, and I think there was kind of three lessons learned that you had um, from, you know, you know, running software companies. And uh, so I, I guess the kind of question, you, you know, from that is, you know, how can, how can SaaS entrepreneurs, you, you know, really ensure that they're creating great software and eliminate, you know, any of the, you know, part of my French, you know, crap uh, from that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So th- that's a great question. I mean, the, the, um, I'm not sure uh, there's sort of a formula to try to make sure that you're creating uh, great software. I think that the, the, 
uh, sort of um, uh, natural instincts of uh, uh, entrepreneurs is usually correct in in you know trying to build something that uh, that th there's an interest for by others obviously, uh, but then once you um, start with uh, once the product starts to shape, uh, you need to sort of be able to take in that feedback and be able to uh, absorb that feedback in the appropriate way. Uh, that uh, then then sort of enhances the product, and th and that ne necessarily doesn't necessarily mean do exactly what your customers are saying to uh, they want, but to uh, take in their feedback and see how what is the problems that they're trying to solve, and then solving for those problems, uh, right? And I think the talk that uh, you referred to, I was giving that to a bunch of uh, Arizona software entrepreneurs. Um, uh, we're very active in sort of helping make sure making sure this sort of Arizona. Uh, SaaS ecosystem uh, flourishes here, mm -hmm. uh, but uh, but one of the things was uh, you, you know you, there's this animation that uh, is um, uh, you know the person is puts a glass of water in front of a user yeah. uh, to to see how they're sort of uh, uh, for the first time how they're going to sort of use this product and the person is like looking at the glass of water from the bottom trying to suck water out of it or you know just uh, tilting the glass over and ending up spilling the water so. Uh, it's very frustrating when you put this product that you've created in front of users and watching them sort of uh, trying to discover how to use the product. Something that uh, is uh, very, very educational and must be done in, in order to sort of uh, improve your product. And uh, that would be one definitive way of making sure that uh, you're continually enhancing uh, uh, your product and uh, making it suck less, if you will. Yeah, awesome, awesome. And I'll, I'll link to um, uh, to that particular video um, in in the show notes, and uh, certainly that um, uh, that clip of uh, <laughs> uh, the, the the person or the, the animated clip of the person trying to drink the water uh, definitely got a few laughs out of the audience and uh, myself yeah. as well. So I, I definitely recommend people uh, uh, watch that. And uh, so uh, I mean, apart from obviously you being a, a, an entrepreneur, but you're I think you know uh, originally like a technical uh, founder right you, you you're, you're writing code and you're you're creating the software um, but you as a I guess kind of a, a startup founder you know also getting involved in in marketing and you know kind of have a, a, a passion around you know creating you know great sort of marketing for for, for businesses so um, you know how can SaaS entrepreneurs then you know what is your advice you know how can they stop wasting time by sucking at, at marketing or uh, perhaps you know, so you probably Put it a better way, and you know what advice can you give to uh, you know SaaS entrepreneurs around uh, improving their marketing? Yeah, so so one of the cool things that uh, uh, happens with software sort of uh, founders, in particular software entrepreneurs, is that oftentimes they're the ones who write the product, and um, they're writing the product usually for themselves. Uh, so they they end up being sort of the first uh, user for it. Uh, because of an interest in something, whether that interest is in photography or in software development tools, which is what mine was, um, or some sort of business need that they're trying to solve, um, they end up um, creating at first looking for a, you know a product out there to use and possibly sort of uh, getting involved in uh, forums and discussion uh, uh, things, uh, this discussion forums that uh, uh, there might be a little, uh, similar types of people uh, on those things. Uh, and then once they don't find the tool, they end up building it, right? This is how a lot of software companies get founded by software entrepreneurs. 
Uh, and what happens is they're often the best marketers to get the word out about their software in those same type of forums or answering questions on Quora or uh, uh, getting on Stack Overflow and uh, you know answering questions about development if you're making development tools or um, there might be photography uh, forums or uh, designer forums and so on that you can talk about these uh, these products that you have built and those are essentially free marketing and uh, uh, and end up being worth a tremendous amount of uh, 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 sort of uh, replacing tremendous amount of uh, financial marketing power. So um, if you were to sort of spend the similar sort of cash, it might cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars to get the word out of, in, to similar types of audiences. So uh, that's where you know entrepreneurs have this leverage of using their own time and uh, and sort of uh, influence uh, within those communities to promote their products. Yeah, no, no, absolutely, and I think I, I, I even I, I spoke to a founder, sort of recently, you know, similar kind of position, and you know, created uh, a, a tool that uh, I think through uh, well his sort of initial marketing sort of strategy, go-to-market strategy was simply answering questions on Quora and you know Stack Overflow, um, and then through that you know and giving back um, you, you know community not overly you know promoting the um, uh, his particular product. But through right. that, through that, you know, he he, uh, you know, acquired his first customers, and um, you, you know, I think that was kind of a, a, a nice uh, case study of a, a marketing tactic by you know a SaaS entrepreneur that that is you know mainly sort of technical uh, as well and didn't necessarily have those skills or marketing skills, um, you, you know, when starting the business. Um, so uh, we get to see a lot of that, I think, uh, uh, these days, and it's uh, it's definitely good advice. Um, your um, uh, uh, I say philosophy, uh, as, as I understand, is that um, you know you, you shouldn't start a project if you don't have a hell uh, hell yeah, shall we say, in a, in my uh, sort of uh, English uh, um, uh, <laughs> tones. But uh, so, so what happens then if um, you, you know if your project doesn't have a hell yeah? You know, should you do it uh, at all? Well, well it, it, the answer, of course, uh, from my point of view, is that it always depends, right? Like if you're starting a project from scratch and you're trying to figure out uh, sort of the next thing to do and there uh, isn't any financial incentive for you to do so, uh, if you don't have a hell yeah, uh, this is a product that makes a lot of sense, there's a lot of demand for it or the, the, you anticipate there would be if the product uh, existed, um, then uh, if, if you don't have that hell yeah, then... Uh, considering that most uh, products and pro uh, companies fail to begin with, uh, then the probability of failure even increases if you if you don't have that hell yeah to sort of begin with. Uh, so yeah, I I, th I think it's very important to uh, abandon ship if you're not super excited about something, um, especially if there isn't a financial incentive to stick with it. Now, uh, if there is financial incentive, some some company is willing to pay you a million dollars to develop something, and you're not hell yeah about it, but you know the the financial incentive is nice and uh, it'll help pay the bills until you do find a hell yeah project. Uh, then the answer might be yeah, keep going with it. But um, but for me, everything is sort of uh, it depends. <laughs> yeah, okay, <laughs> sitting on the fence a little bit there, but we'll we'll, we'll accept it. Uh, we'll we'll accept that. Um, now uh, the. Um, uh, you know, entrepreneurs, I, I guess, kind of, you know, have a, a, a lot of bad habits, um, but, uh, you know, that's, I guess, part of the, the makeup. And, you know, multitasking is something, I guess, by nature that entrepreneurs kind of need to do, but also can result in a, a lack of focus uh, because, um, I guess, and certainly, you know, from my own sort of experience that, 
um, you know, coming up with, you know, great ideas or, you know, getting seduced by, um, you know, new ideas uh, sometimes, you know, help makes you sort of lose track and, and, and lose focus. Um, but, uh, you know, so would you, would you sort of agree that maybe, you know, multitasking is a bad habit and uh, that, you know, entrepreneurs should focus more? And, it, and if so, you know, how has focus, you know, helped Pure Chat? Uh, yeah, so uh, multitasking is not inherently a bad bad habit. It's just that you know if you have something important to do, it's probably important for that thing to be your entire focus um, in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, as an entrepreneur, especially the first time uh, that I started a company, um, one of the things that entrepreneurs are really uh, uh, good at doing is. Uh, you know, identifying uh, opportunities and then trying to create products around those opportunities. And they tend to be good at that even after they have fi- found something and uh, started to build a product. So in my first startup, uh, we, uh, we identified an opportunity and started building a product around it. Uh, but within six months, we also identified like four other opportunities and started building products around those as well. So uh, within six months, we were working on like five different products. And um, part of uh, sort of the thought is that the more products that you have, the better, and uh, you can address more people's needs, and as a result, sort of uh, increase the probability of success. Uh, that's sort of the uh, in- intuitive way of uh, thinking about building a company, uh, mm-hmm. but it turns out that it's wrong. The more products that you have uh, and the more opportunities that you're going after as a company, um, the less likely you are to do a really good job at it. Uh, and as a result, each one of the products has a much lower probability of success, uh, and even the com- which uh, the combination of all the products still doesn't overcome. So, uh, so you know, it's very important to as you know an entrepreneur to remind yourself that uh, you know you got to stick to one thing essentially and focus on doing that one thing exceptionally well as a company, uh, and uh, and. Just use uh, the super successful uh, companies and uh, products as your uh, uh, your fuel, uh, if you will, to, to sort of convince yourself. No, that's the way to go. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Slack does one thing and it does it exceptionally well, mm-hmm. and it's a multi-billion-dollar success. Or uh, Google, when it first came out, it was just search, right? Even mm-hmm. today, more than seventy percent of its revenues come from that search, and it did one thing exceptionally well. Um, you, you know, and th- that one thing can still make you a uh, million dollar, hundred million dollar, billion dollar company, and uh, and uh, as long as you do a really good job at it, you don't need to sort of expand the product line, if you will. Yeah, no, good advice, and uh, something I I wholeheartedly uh, believe in as well, and will certainly be looking to because uh, sometimes sort of guilty of not necessarily following advice that. You know, believe in, but certainly try to do that for 2016. Um, now, uh, you, you, you know, you mentioned that um, Pure Chat um, raised some angel money, I think uh, $1.5 um, million, and, um, you, you know, you had a, a quite a bit of traction, um, you, you know, before, I, I, I guess, you, you actually uh, secured that funding. Um, now, you, do you think that, you know, getting traction uh, is king, um, you know, in, uh, for, for SaaS companies? And you know, what tactics did you use, um, you know, for Pure Chat to, to, to get that particular traction that you had uh, in the early days? Yeah, so it's hard to argue with traction. If you um, are sort of uh, pitching a product or an idea uh, or a concept of uh, a product or an idea uh, to investors or to friends or whatever, uh, 
basically what you're doing is uh, you're uh, describing something, hoping that the person is imagining it in the way that you expect uh, expect them to. Uh, and uh, and then based on how they're imagining it, you have to sort of rely on uh, their interpretation of whether or not uh, it, uh, the product will get traction or, or be successful. Um, so, uh, you know, traction is king in that, like, if you can build a prototype and get it into the hands of people to use, even if you do that for free without having them pay, paying for it, usage of it itself is a huge indicator of uh, potential success. So. Um, what I have typically done in virtually all of uh, my successful <laughs> uh, products and uh, companies is that uh, uh, we've built, built out the product and put it out there for people to use freely uh, just to see whether or not they would use it. And um, once there's lots of usage, and by the way, the vast majority of things I've built, there hasn't been that much usage of it. So um, as a result, we sort of uh, can the project. Um, but then once the, the ones that do get traction and uh, uh, you know people start using it and the numbers start to grow, uh, those are the ones that we start to pay a lot of attention to. And then it's very easy to convince others that, hey, there's something here because look at these numbers growing. So that's where sort of traction is king. Okay, okay. Um, now, uh, you know, th this year I uh, sort of, you know, personally um, had a new motto um, and... Uh, I, I guess the, well, the podcast is not overly blue here, but you, you know the the the, the, um, the motto itself. It was, uh, well, I guess, uh, perhaps a better way to put it: hashtag uh, JFDI, which stands for uh, you know just fucking do it. And um, you know, previously, you know, I've I've always I think throughout my life had you know entrepreneurial ideas, but never really acted on them, and then you know claimed to perhaps have the idea for Netflix first, uh, you, you know, but, uh, but I guess many people, uh, you, you know, could have said that, right? Um, but this year, you know, I've kind of acted on uh, hashtag JFDI, shall we say, um, and, and uh, one recently that I quite liked um, uh, was in an article in the, uh, in the Guardian sort of newspaper um, about, uh, I think it was called like the Helsinki bus, uh, bus stop syndrome, um, and the, the, the kind of motto, motto and moral of the story from that was uh, was stay on the fucking bus, uh, which I think it, it, it sort of meant that you you know avoid all the noise and the distractions, just stay on the bus, you know, stay focused, um, you know, and then you'll you'll hopefully you know get to your sort of goals. Um, so I, I guess the question is, you know, do you believe in those particular uh, mottos, uh, and and actually, um, you know, what is your uh, personal sort of motto as well? Yeah, certainly the uh, the just do it motto is uh, one that I certainly subscribe to. I think that um, you can do a lot of uh, uh, sort of research and trying to uh, uh, do ancillary stuff to try to make sure that you get something right before you start on it, mm -hmm. um, and then you can. Uh, uh, there's people who sort of do spend a lot of time in that phase, if you will, uh, and end up sort of missing out on the opportunity. Uh, and uh, there's people who just sort of do it with very little data and adjust and uh, correct as they go. Uh, and I am much more of the camp uh, that uh, uh, sort of does it and adjusts and corrects as they go. So, um, so yeah, the just do it model is definitely one that I subscribe to. And then sort of uh, making sure that you stay on the bus part is uh, uh, it's something I hadn't heard before, but I think that... Uh, uh, that goes sort of uh, similar in line to staying focused, essentially, mm -hmm. and making sure that you're sort of uh, uh, focused on doing one thing and one thing exceptionally well. Uh, and there's so many, so many examples of 
uh, companies that do, do one thing and do it exceptionally well that have become hundred million dollar, billion dollar successes and uh, or multi billion dollar successes. And you, you know you don't have to do a bunch of different things in order to get there. Mm-hmm. And and your motto in in life? Uh, you know, I'm I'm not sure. I I live uh, my life by one liners. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, but certainly, uh, just do it. I think is is a great uh, sort of uh, pattern of uh, behavior that I've had. It's worked out for Nike uh, as well, right? Yeah, I think I grew up uh, being the target of those campaigns, so yeah. <laughs> that may have uh, worked even better than they had hoped. Yeah, good, good stuff. Um, now, uh, just coming up to the, the, the kind of last two questions of, uh, of the show, um, uh, this next one. So you've both bootstrapped companies um, with, you know, Axisoft as reference to, you know, multi-million uh, dollar company. Um, uh, and then you've also taken funding most recently, you know, with Pure Chat. So you, you I guess, can, you know, give advice, uh, I, I believe, you know, on, you know, both sides, uh, you know, of the coin there. Um, so what is your advice really for, you know, bootstrapping SaaS entrepreneurs? I guess, you know, one piece of advice that you could give to them from your learnings. And likewise, you know, perhaps one piece of advice, um, you know, for those that have taken funding and perhaps are in the early stages of, you know, uh, taking, uh, you know, VC money. Yeah. So uh, for, for bootstrapped uh, uh, founders, I think that, uh, you know, a big part of um, uh, what, uh, I struggled with and what I think a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with is that when do you start hiring uh, additional people and um, how do you determine the sort of financial flow you know as you start having revenues uh, what do you spend it on and you know like uh, when is it okay to take money for yourself and etc so one of the things that I did is uh, I determined what my uh, absolute minimum cost of living expenses uh, would be and um, and uh, that was X thousands of dollars per month. And I, I determined that uh, uh, the first that much of revenue that I have or profits uh, that I have uh, is going to uh, go to me. Uh, and then everything else would go back into the business until um, I was comfortable taking more. And, mm-hmm. um, and uh, essentially the first uh, couple of years, I was not comfortable taking more. And I just took the minimum and reinvested the entire revenue. Uh, back into the company, hiring, advertising, uh, spending on marketing, uh, just uh, doing more uh, product development. And one of the things that, uh, uh, the biggest sort of uh, thing that moved the needle uh, more than anything else did is improving the product. And I I think that investing in uh, the product development portion of uh, uh, your business is uh, extremely important. So uh, that would be my biggest advice to sort of uh, uh, bootstrap founders who are trying to sort of get get this get things off the ground um, and then for um, uh, for funded uh, companies I think one of the biggest mistakes that they make is that uh, uh, they tend to believe in the projections that they created to help uh, help them get funding and that is probably one of the biggest mistakes you could make uh, because those projections are never Never accurate, and, uh, and uh, <laughs> by never accurate, uh, I don't mean that they're low, <laughs> despite your conservative nature. Even if you were conservative, uh, they're uh, they're going to be uh, your your projections are always going to be way higher on revenue and uh, 
than the reality and things just take much longer than you expect them to take so uh, make sure you're super frugal with your spending because there might not be additional rounds of fin funding uh, so even if you uh, raised a million dollars or ten million dollars or whatever it will take whatever you have raised plus some additional money to get to profitability and that's universal I mean like whether you've raised a hundred million dollars or you know a uh, hundred thousand dollars it will take more than more than that amount to get to profitability um, just because you end up sort of uh, spending money in the way that you had projected and anticipated revenues to be so uh, being much more conservative with your spending is my sort of biggest advice to uh, funded entrepreneurs okay awesome awesome thank you for that now the last question um, I, I think I heard on the uh, the, the, the videos uh, that I mentioned about your three sort of lessons learned in, in building software companies that um, the book by Ben Horowitz, the the hard thing about hard things, is is one of the best books that you've read this year. Is, is that correct? Yeah, by far that's the best book I've read this year on business. And um, part of the reason why it's such a great book is, uh, first of all, there's a great story in there about uh, uh, Ben and Mark uh, and um, Ben Horowitz and Mark Andreessen's uh, company, mm -hmm. um, and I, I believe it was Cloud uh, Nine that uh, later changed uh, or Opsware or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, there's a great story about how that company came to be and like the struggles it went through and the eventual success and exit and so on. Uh, but then Ben has a whole lot of uh, sort of uh, detailed, you know, information about how to do things as an entrepreneur uh, that I found super useful, including uh, just little stuff like, uh, uh, you know, you know, if you have a really good friend who also has uh, is also a CEO, um, you know, like uh, you guys are close, you probably shouldn't hire from each other's companies, you know, like just, just little things like that, or yeah. um, uh, just just be, you know, from the standpoint of uh, you, you know, it's very easy to lose your friendships in that way, and entrepreneurs have very few friends to begin with. So, or uh, describing the difference between sort of a wartime uh, CEO and a peacetime CEO. So um, there's a lot of uh, uh, those type of information in there that uh, I found uh, uh, very interesting and uh, super helpful in, in some ways. Okay, awesome. And uh, yeah, I guess kind of even uh, you yourself as a, a, a four-time you know founder, um, it, you know, getting something out of this book, I mean, it just goes to show that the you know the learning is uh, is never done, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There, there's a, a lot of things that you learn over time, and uh, you you try to sort of uh, apply them to your uh, future success or future uh, sort of endeavors. But uh, uh, there's so much more to learn. So uh, you know, you're always uh, in this learning mode as an entrepreneur. Okay, awesome. Well, uh, Hamid, you've been uh, uh, an excellent guest. Uh, you know, thanks so much for taking your time out uh, today to be on the uh, uh, on the show. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. My pleasure, Alex. Thank you for having me. No, you're welcome. And uh, for those listening at home, if you uh, like this particular edition of the, the SaaS Revolution show, we'd love you to uh, rate and review it on iTunes. And uh, we'll see you next time.